Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline's your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Plina Edmonds, and today on the show, I'm so excited to bring on special guest, uh, bronze and silver medalist at the Olympics, Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, Pauline, it's so much fun to see you again and talk to you again. I wish it was in person, but um, it was so fun. I just got to work with you. I don't know if people that are listening know, but we just were in Long Island um, just before Christmas, and it was so much fun getting to know you more than just, you know, as um as a fan watching you and and i remember and giving you a medal in boston and um so yeah it was fun to to um be in the dressing room and just chat a lot more with you and get to know what a nice young girl you are <laughs> likewise uh it was really awesome to hear all of your stories in the locker room like you were saying uh and also just have all of the skaters that were in the show be able to listen to you and watch you be so professional within the show is just really inspiring. So yeah, likewise. (laughs) Thank you. So uh, when you started skating when you were younger, um, who were your coaches and how did they kind of guide you to the elite level? Well, I started in group lessons, you know, half hour of, um, being taught with about 20 kids and then a half hour of, uh, it was play. It was really kind of like tag with your friends. Um, and then the teachers, they were like, you're pretty good. You need to go into semi-private. So I started with Teresa Martin. Um, she's the older sister of Bobby Martin, who's a pair coach now. He was actually my Paris partner way back when. And, um, but so she was my part uh, my partner, my coach. And until I was about Mm, a little more than 15 because she had to move away. Her husband was moving. And so she stayed behind actually, and like passed me off to Denise Cahill, um, who was only around here in Boston for about another year. And so she was my coach when Teresa saw that we got along, everything was working. She then moved and Denise kind of did the same thing with me and handed me over to Mary and Abby Scottbold, um, who she thought were the best for me in the area as well. And so, uh, so I never had to move away from home and move far, you know, to train and I was very fortunate in that respect. Um, but it was sort of amazing to have, I knew so many skaters, like pick a coach and move away. And, and I had the, they sort of were like, here, this is, where you should go and who you should be with. And this one will be good for you. And I was, 
kind of taken care of, which is really so lucky to have um, coaches that really cared about me for so long. So, um, but then I had Mary Nevy till, till I stopped really seeing coaches and um, was pro. So, and even as a pro, I still would see them every now and then just for fun. Or if, if I think for Goodwill games, they came out and coached because Paul and I were both at the Goodwill games, but not too often after that. A few of the, those pro-ams or pro-competitions, they were around and Mary still choreographed for me. So that was, it was fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was really lucky. Very cool. Especially to be able to stay in your hometown and not have to move anywhere. Uh, it can be really hard, especially on a younger athlete and their family uh, to have to figure out how to make that work. Absolutely. I was lucky in, when I was 15 in the summer, I think... Denise sent me to Don Lott's out in Colorado. I was there for 10 weeks, which was really long in the summer. Um, that was a long time to be away. And I went, I was there in um, Colorado for, in Denver for that summer. And then Evie and Mary took us all to Vail for three summers, which was fantastic. I loved training there, loved being there. It's, I know everyone wants to go there in the winter, but it's so great in the summer too. So that was, wow. that was pretty good timing as a, you know, 18 to 21 year old. <laughs> it was a great time to be away in the summer like that. Yeah. That sounds like a dream, uh, especially <laughs> in a landscape like that, as you're saying, uh, did you ever work with any other coaches in consulting or like, uh, just tips and stuff like that? Or was it, where is it just your main coaches? No, I also worked with Mary's twin sister, Ann Batdorf. Um, well, they were the Batdorf twins, um, but Ann Militano and Mark Militano. Mark, actually, he was an Olympic pair skater, and he wrote my music for my short program for both Olympics. He wrote the music, played it himself, and choreographed my routines. Um, and I worked with Ann doing like all kinds of spins and um, just intricate, like in between stuff. Uh, so I would go out to Minnesota and work with those two for a while and, you know, a week here, there. And it was, it was really fun to just have, even though working with Anne was so much like working with Mary, cause they're identical twins and they sound alike and they act alike <laughs> and they have the same style, but they're definitely have some differences. And, um, I, I learned, you know, from, from Anne as well. And, and that was great. So, but I can remember thinking in the Olympics, my music started and I was like going into triple S and I thought, it's too bad Mark's not here. I mean, he's so much a part of this program that I was like, oh, I need to really focus. <laughs> like, oh, this triple S coming up. <laughs> That's so funny. It's also <laughs> so unique uh, just to have that entire combination for the way that your programs were made at the Olympics is nuts. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. And by like a former great skater he was a great himself i mm -hmm. think one of the most talented people so um it was it was pretty cool to be able to have that unique experience yeah so as an athlete at the top of your field um obviously you were in the media a lot and so i think one of the biggest things that a lot of athletes struggle with is kind of how to deal with media especially when the hype is often pitting you against your main competitor um, and kind of this happens in like every era. So how did you manage um, staying focused on yourself and not kind of getting drawn into too much media attention in terms of like Nancy versus so-and-so uh, throughout everything? Um, I think 
I've always been super logical. And I think we actually talked about this before, but like you're out there alone. You really only have control over what you are capable of. And so, you know, you can draw strength from watching others. You can get nervous from watching others, but I think literally on the ice, you only have control over you. So if you work hard and try not to leave something on the table, I mean, it's, it's one of the hardest things I think for people to do is work at your hardest and try your best. Because if you don't, you always have that out. Well, if I had worked harder, maybe I would have been a little better, you know, like, mm -hmm. so I, I think no matter if it's figure skating or any sport, any musical and instrument, any schoolwork, anything, if I worked harder, I could have done it. You know, you have that. So I think if I could work as hard as I can, at least I can just say, I tried my best. And you know, whatever happens, happens because we can always have a bad day. Um, you could always trip. I mean, there's, you just never know what's going to happen. And so it's, it should be more about the journey and what you learn throughout that journey, because, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, especially in any competition, it's judged. Um, so no matter what you do, there's still can find ways, even though things have their certain point elements, there's ways to, make the placement the way the judges want it to go. So, you know, unfortunately, but it's, that's how it is. That's reality. Mm -hmm. Always as it will be in subjective sports like skating. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's really hard. I definitely envy the sports that just have the timer and it's just oh, how fast sure. you can run or how fast you can swim. Uh, yes. Completely different ball game. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Absolutely. Well, at uh, the 94 nationals you obviously didn't get to skate but you had to go through uh rehabilitation um for your leg before the 94 olympics so what was the process like to have that quick a turnaround um to be able to still have the strength to skate well at the 94 games win the silver medal um yeah but with no time I don't know. People talk <laughs> about like getting in the zone. And I really think there's a difference between concentration and being well-trained and being in like that zone where you really put everything aside. And I think that happens when you're faced with something completely beyond your control. That's truly adversity. Like, mm -hmm it's different than just training and falling down and getting up. You know, we all do that. I did that for so many years, but to have something so out of my control. Um, but what was in my control was if I could get better in time, like I was going to. And so I worked hard um, to make that happen. I mean, training to skate in the Olympics in a pool, not skating, you know, and swimming and doing these exercises in the pool is just, I'm, like beyond what I would have ever thought I would be doing um, or anybody would think. So it was strange and really challenging. Um, but I think I had so much, I didn't want somebody else's actions to, to um, I guess, create my future. If I, if at all possible, I could heal in time and mm -hmm. heal in time. I still, I wasn't allowed to march in the opening ceremony. So I'm, thankful that I got to in 92 because that to me was like still the best moment um, being a part of a team and being marching behind that flag and feeling like that pride of being an Olympian and representing your country. It was so yeah. much bigger than just figure skating and so mm -hmm. amazing to me that I was like a part of that and one of these athletes like 
like my mom used to say, I never thought I'd know an Olympian, never mind my daughter be one. Like, it's, it's amazing. We have a huge country with lots of talented people. So to presume you're going to be one of three is, you know, it's presumptuous and like, yes. you work for it, but you never know. Um, so it was an amazing experience, but I didn't get to March in 94 because it was like 17 below zero in Lillehammer pretty much every day. And they were like, that's just too long of standing on your knee. You're st I was still healing um, mm -hmm. even, even at that time. So, I mean, I'm, I, it was, it was definitely difficult. Um, I can remember I had to show my program to all these judges so they could name me to the team because I wasn't, as you said, I wasn't able to compete at the nationals. Mm -hmm. And so I had to prove and a friend of mine was there and she was one of the judges. And, um, I mean, she, she had said one, one of the other judges said she, she like pulled out or flipped out of that triple up. <laughs> She's like, she did all, everything else in twice, like twice in a row. She's like, are you serious? Are you kidding? Like she is strong. Plus it's still a couple weeks away. Like clearly it's, she's not going to do, I mean, there was a lot of pressure at that moment. Um, even though it was in my home rank, it was now like being judged and watched and, you know, they, nobody thought I'd be strong enough. And so it was, it was, I think a lot of it was just gut somehow you dig deep and, and do what you have to do. But, um, it's that zone you get in to ignore the press, but it's hard. Um, because you go, I went to Disney after and like people were videoing, it was like at the beginning of hard copy and all these, um, they're like, you know, inquire and all these tabloid kind of things. Um, so before this social media that we all have now, but it was, mm -hmm. it was a lot of tabloid stuff and people that were there on vacation were like taking pictures of me and they were saying I was not, um, happy with everything. Cause I was yawning. I was like, no, I'm literally tired. Like I've worked my butt off for about seven weeks. And now it was when you know, it's over, it's like this let not a letdown, but it's like your whole body can just relax enough that you're just realize you're exhausted. And, and I was like, I'm just tired. Like I'm not unappreciative. I'm just actually tired. And so, you know, it had to be videoed by people and then sending it in like, Oh, it, this just really stinks because I don't know, you, you just want to go and perform and do your best. And then when you're doing your own thing with your family or whatever, you know, why are people always trying to tear someone apart and pick someone yeah. apart? I don't know. I was taught when if you have nothing nice to say, just keep it yourself. Like, don't say anything at all. Like that's something I was taught at the kitchen table. And, you know, I still believe in that. And I think if anything, we want to help each other and hold each other up, not tear each other down as people. I think, um, we, we could all use some help. You know, nobody gets to the top on their own. And I didn't, mm -hmm. even though I skated alone, uh, as I said, I was thinking about Mark Militano, um, and my coaches and you stand, I stood on the podium and thinking, geez, it's too bad. I get to stand here alone. Like, because mm -hmm. it took coaches, parents, my siblings, my, you know, friends, parents that drove me time after time that it's, I didn't get there alone. And so, yeah. you know, I, I wish I could, you know, have them feel that moment as well, but I think they may. I think they probably did. <laughs> they knew they were part of it for sure. And, and I've always been appreciative of that. Yeah, to definitely. <laughs> That's funny that uh, you say that because 
it just sparked this memory in me when I read uh, Dorothy Hamill's memoir. And she talked about how after she won her gold medal, she hung it around her mom's neck. And she was like, you know, this is just as much yours as it is mine. And that always like sat in me. I think I read it when I was like 10. And my mom was my coach. So of course, I was like, oh, man, if I ever win an Olympic medal, I'm going to do the same thing. (laughs) So cute. cute. Yeah, that is. But it's true. Like, you don't do it alone. You know, you have a support system, no matter what you're doing, whether you're winning or not winning, I mean, making it there or how many don't make it there, but they still work hard. They still, you know, compete and still get driven to the rank. And there's only a handful that actually make it onto that team, but there's so many other great athletes, musicians, whatever, that still work hard. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a place for them, whether it's in a show or somewhere else or teaching, but there's, they didn't do that alone, you know, either. And um, it's, I don't know, it's, there's a lot to be thankful for, I guess. Definitely. So you went to two different Olympic games, uh, which is a huge accomplishment for any single athlete. Um, and the Olympics it, are just. It was the only time in history that it was two years apart. So yeah. I was really lucky. Really lucky. Cause, yeah. Cause that's hard to maintain that level of, intensity training for so long so Mm -hmm. I mean you know so it's so I was I was very lucky (laughs) yeah and and the Olympics themselves are just they're all unique and they're all different from each other but they're all equally so special um so what was your experiences at both of them like what was different about the way that you went into them and the way that you kind of processed the games as you were there well, in 92, I was painfully shy as a kid and, um, you know, I was really comfortable around my close friends, but I didn't feel like I fit in anywhere as a younger person. Like you're not as a, com- as a competitive skater, you know, skate and compete for your town or your, um, school. So you're kind of like, I don't know. I was, I don't want to say loner, but like I had my group of friends, but besides that, I was just afraid I got special treatment coming in late or leaving early. And I thought, Oh, people might not like this. So I stayed to myself and thought, Oh, they probably don't like me because of it. But I I did that to myself. Now as an adult, I know I kind of isolated myself. And so, um, you know, I, it's sad. I'm like, Oh, I could have gone back. I could have I did that to myself, but in the 92 Olympics, I saw people with like the same jacket and I thought, okay, they can speak English. So I'll go sit with them. And, um, you know, and it was a, it sort of started me to be able to speak to others easier and come out of my shell, I guess, a little bit. Um, 94 on the other hand, being on the cover of TV guides, magazines, whatever newspapers literally around the world. I felt a little less like that and more like the freaky girl there. Like people were, even in the athletes village, they would like look around the corner, like there she is. And I was like, you're one of the athletes really. (laughs) Cause it just felt awkward. And Mm -hmm. again, feeling like you don't quite, it just felt weird to be standing out because even for instance, the first practice, there were like three or 400 camera crews there to watch us while someone else is competing. It just felt wrong. Like somebody's competing, skiing or speed skating or something like, you need to be covering that. This is just a practice. Um, And so it just, I feel like it became a little bit sideshow circus and I didn't want to be part of that. I wanted it 
everyone that you know made it there to get their same attention that they deserve you know because they worked just as hard so um i don't know it felt very awkward in 94 um but i had a sports psychologist after 93 worlds and after 17 years of competing, I feel like I learned how to compete <laughs> a lot better, <laughs> which I thought, mm, I thought I already had this down a little bit since I had an Olympic medal, you know, I was doing something right, but there was still more to learn. And I trained, you know, people say train like you're going to compete, but I literally did. I would work costume. I would do a six minute, like pull from the hat and in my six minute warm up. And sometimes I was first, sometimes I pretended I was sixth and sometimes I was fifth and whatever. And so I'm standing in the lobby of the rank and like thinking, okay, my competitors are practicing right now. And I'm sitting in the lobby trying to figure out what to do. But there was always that question, what do you do in that time? Do you take off your skates? Ooh, but then if I tie them back up, will they feel the same? Uh, do I warm up? If I warm up, will I be too warm? Will I be not warmed up? But you know, like, what do you do? And so I trained that three times a week and I never felt so ready. Like I knew what I needed to do. Some things worked, so I would keep it. Some things didn't. And I would like not do that again. Um, and it just, it, I sort of found what really worked after so many years, which seems crazy. Um, but I, but I really felt more prepared and which made me feel more confident and i think that's why i was able to um get out the performances even after being injured and coming back that was like i had that training already prior to that injury so that mm -hmm. that really helped me a lot i think very cool the, <laughs> the mental training is like it's just interesting that you say that you already felt like you were doing something right you are a good competitor already, but there was always something that you could learn. Um, I think that's so fascinating and so true uh, because like mental strength is often overlooked uh, in athletics. Um, and it's only just now starting to get a little bit more um, talked about and focused on, which is great because there's like, that's kind of the missing piece for so many athletes that are physically capable, but just can't lay it down on competition day. Yeah. It's, it can be hard because adrenaline, all of a sudden you have like this adrenaline rush or nerves. Like there's all these different things that sort of getting get in the way. Oh, sorry. So I'm just <laughs> left to tra go training. Um, and so, yeah, there's all these things that can just sort of creep in. And as you get older, you know, there's always the younger kids coming up behind you and trying to knock you off and, you know, not literally, but you know, they're, they're good and you, it can creep in and you can have those doubts and they can either take over or you can use it as fuel, you know, like it's all perspective and, and how you train. And, um, I think that, you know, people getting like, Oh, it's the Olympics. It's big, but it's, it's a competition. And so, yes, it's big. Use that as fuel. How exciting you made it there. You're, you know, or any competition. I mean, if you think about like your parents are bringing you there, your coaches believe in you uh, instead of taking that like nerves, like I'm nervous to go like, I sh but I, but I have all these other people believing me. So why am I not believing in myself? Like, come on, there's a reason they're believing in me and, you know, dig deep. Cause we are all stronger. I think than we think we are and um, we're capable of so much more. And it's 
when faced with adversity, you realize that. Um, <laughs> but you know, you you say that about like friends that you see going through cancer treatment or something. You're like, oh, how do you do this? I don't know how you're doing it, but sometimes you just do what you have to do and you dig deep and you just take it one step at a time and and um, seems to work. I think. I mean, <laughs> what choice do we have sometimes, right? In life, totally. It's true. It is very true. You just got to keep chugging along. Yeah. Yeah. But so, how um, was it for you? The Olympics? Yeah. What did I mean? It was, what was your nuts. What was your, yeah, what was your favorite part? Mine was marching in the opening ceremonies. What, what was yours? Mine was definitely, uh, just being in the village and interacting with so many athletes from all over yeah. the world. Um, just because, because I was so young at the time being 15 and I was so new to the scene. Uh, a lot of people knew about me because I was kind of like this who made the team um, type person from like around the world. And, and so that was cool that I was recognized, but more so I was very happy that I felt a lot of mutual respect um, and that people weren't just kind of like shoving me to the side or disregarding me for my age, but they were very welcoming and inviting to the Olympic family. And that is like so special. So um, that was definitely my favorite part. Well, because you deserved it because you're talented <laughs> and good. And, um, something that doesn't happen anymore at the Olympics. I can remember, I think it was 94. Um, nope. It was Alberville. This was so funny. They said, after the closing ceremonies finished, they said, all right, come on down. And all of the audience descended onto like the big giant stage. I mean, with security now, like there's no chance there's no like, way. that ever happens, <laughs> but it was so crazy and exciting. And we were trying to head out to this, like, um, they have parties for the athletes and we're holding hands. Cause it's now like thousands of people and we're like trying to beeline one direction and I actually found my family in the, all the cows of all the people it was so crazy and fun but yeah that stuff doesn't happen anymore um but that kind of I mean especially now you don't even have an audience which is or much of an audience it's just so sad I really super I really weird. hope those that are over there can still find joy and excitement and and pride and just being part of it all but it's it's got to be so different I it seems from pictures I've seen, it looks like they're still having some fun. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been following the women's event that's just happened. Um, yes. What do you What do you think about uh, the Olympics that are going on right now, and are all the skaters that are there? <laughs> I mean, I'm I love watching it, and I still am confused by the rules from when I was skating now, why in a short program, can they not do a quad if people are able to do a quad? When my short, we only could do a double jump, the double axle and the triple with a double or let's or double loop, a double toe or double loop they would choose. It's so ridiculous. Like I could do triple, triple, a few others could. Why can't we do that? Like it's Olympics. Why are you limiting us? As you're saying, like yours should be going against the clock. Like do they tell the runners, I'm sorry, you go so much faster than the others, you should just slow down. Like, why should they not be allowed to do, you know, a quad in their other jump? Or it's just crazy. It's so strange. Why couldn't we do triple, triple in the short program? It made no sense. So I don't know why they're limited because the guys are allowed to do it. 
Um, so, and that's all the point is like it's competition. So if you can do it, you should be able to try it if you want. Um, you know, it's sad that there's so much controversy because it takes away from what's happening and the honor and the pride for being there. I think it's, it's sad for all the athletes to potentially be getting their medals in the mail, you know, or who knows when they're going to get, it's just Mm -hmm. bizarre. And, you know, that moment of watching the flags raise in your honor or even someone else, like you're part of that. So to not be able to have that happen there, it's just crazy and sad and, and unfortunate, very unfortunate for all of them, I think. Yeah. It's definitely a huge bummer that it's kind of affecting all of the athletes, not just the one athlete. Uh, but one of my questions for you is drawing from your own experiences of your second games, where obviously there was a ton of controversy between you and mm-hmm. Tanya. Um, and you had to skate on the same ice as her. You had to compete against her and everybody knew what was going on. Um, like, what can you say to, again, keeping the focus and not getting sucked into that negative energy? Because uh, I feel like all of the athletes are doing their best right now to also yeah. not get sucked in. It's really hard. And I had the press following me for like seven weeks. So I was kind of used to it. But I remember a friend of mine, Lily Lee, was on the ice with us. With She mm-hmm. was um, on the same practice. And the press was like, what was it like being? They were like reaching down with their mics and what's it like being on the ice? And I just looked at her, I was like, oh, sorry, we have a meeting. And I took her and we left. And because I had been used to that by then, but I mean, kind of used to it, really not used to it, but <laughs> had experienced it more for sure. And it's so unfair to put all the other athletes in this position. Like, what's it like? What's it like? They're trying to focus on themselves and you're trying to pull their focus and so I think I mean I think it's fair to try to say look I'm going to talk to you after right now I'm still focused on my competition Um, but it's hard to do that as an here in the states like I know if you're an Olympic athlete if someone asks a baseball player can I have your autograph and they're like sorry I'm with my family you're like oh isn't that nice that's I respect him or in if an Olympic athlete says that and even more so a female athlete oh sorry I'm out with my family right now like you're called a different thing like and that's not a very nice name often you know so you have a just different responsibility as an Olympic athlete I think because you're representing your country um and as a, a female so I think it's tough because we're expected to be a certain way. And it's hard. I mean, we're competitors. We're comp- We're very, I don't know, tough. I think you have to be tough to be at this level, but at the same time, you know, people trying to pull you and pull you and, and uh, distract you. It's, it's hard to stay focused. I think the only thing you can do is like really focus and concentrate and think about your training. Think about what you've done. Think about what you need to do and, and rely on that. Um, but it, yeah, I don't know exactly how to explain how you do it. It's just, you've, you know, the polite thing like, oh, I'm so glad you wanted to talk to me about this, but I'm going to have to talk to you later. I have, you know, I have somewhere to go. And <laughs> after the competition, I may be talking to you, but you know, it's, you've got to learn to be pro 
active and advocate for yourself, like for anything for, Mm -hmm. um, and because it's really hard to be your own bad guy. So you have to rely on the team leader or, um, your coaches or something to try and like step in there for you because it's hard as an Olympian to be your bad guy. Cause then you're looked at in a negative way. Right. Yeah. And so like in your own experiences in times where you felt like the media didn't portray you in the way that you would have wanted to be represented, how do you go about that as an athlete? Oh, I think first you like cry. <laughs> it's upsetting and hard because things are so misconstrued. Like even the, you know, Oksana, I mean, I've toured with her. We've been friends, friendly. She's, she was a kid. I was already like, you know, 24 years old and she was 16. So she was a teenager. So people would say, are you friends? I was like, well, we're friendly, but she's a kid. Um, so and I was, and I think I said, oh, something about like, she's going to cry. Why are we waiting so long about getting on the, our trophy, our medals? And they, cause they told me she was fixing her makeup. And I was like, well, she's going to cry. Like, this is what happens. She's an Olympic champion. Like this, it totally makes sense that she'd cry because like, it, there's nothing better, right? She's, it's amazing. And she's had such an accomplishment. It's incredible. Right. So she's went from world champion to Olympic champion. She has every right to cry. That's my thought. And they're misconstruing my saying that is it's negative. It wasn't, it was that it's 20 minutes later and half the audience was now gone. So we're going out there to get our Olympic medals while people were leaving the building. In fact, my parents had left because they were like, what's going on? Something must be wrong. And they were looking to try and find me and they're not even there to celebrate. And it was really sad because we were missed the moment. Um, but it wasn't even that at all. So I was told that, I don't know why, but they didn't have her flag ready, which is ridiculous. She was world champion the previous year. All the flags frankly, should be ready because you never know there could be a breakout star and, you know, which is super fun if there is, because I mean, that's awesome in sports when you have that underdog win, it's like in any sport, it's so fun to watch. So, mm-hmm. um, and even as a skater, I, I mean, Hey, you have nothing but respect. If someone can do that, it's very cool to put it out there on that moment. Right. So I don't know. It was really sad. So there was always times like that for me that all of a sudden, once the, the competition was over, it all changed. Like people just, the press just were like, Oh, I don't know if they thought, I don't know why all of a sudden they're misunderstanding and trying to make me sound like something I'm not. I just, I mean, I just worked hard in a cold box for so many years. Like I was not a troublemaker. You know, my brothers were like, mom, Nicole's, uh, Nicole, Nicole's my daughter, Nancy, Nancy's still awake. And I was like, yes, I'm such a troublemaker. I'm still awake because I had to go to bed so early that I was like doing homework or cleaning my room. Like I was so boring um, as a kid because I was training. I was so busy, you know, so I don't know. I had very good examples um, with my parents that I just feel like if people knew me, they wouldn't know, they wouldn't think these negative things because it just isn't how I want to be, you know, Mm -hmm. in life. So yeah, definitely. What about your experiences after the game? So you were a part of like the greatest 
time period of skating when it came to professional careers and shows and everything. And it's so different now because we don't have quite the same landscape for it anymore. But um, what was your favorite part about post competitive oh, career? I was, you're, you said it right. Like it, I was so lucky. It was amazing in the nineties. We were so busy every weekend. There were television shows, the tours. I, my first tour was like, 30 cities. And then by the end I was doing like 96 cities. It was amazing. We'd sell out at the Syracuse stadium, which was huge twice in one day. Like it was crazy, really. I mean, it was just amazing. But I think what I liked best was having opportunities to try something new all the time. Um, being in a movie, I sang, I got to host Saturday Night Live, which was crazy and so much fun. And I had no idea how much and how hard all those guys work because they're so funny. It looks like easy, you know, um, it is not. <laughs> it is. And they're there like morning through night, sometimes, you know, overnight writing and it's the all week getting ready. It's amazing. Like, um, so to be able to do TV shows and skating and do something different. I think everyone thought it was crazy to leave Champions and Ice to go do Greece um, and work for Feld. And, but then I got to do uh, Footloose on Ice, which was one of my favorite things ever. So to, instead of like waiting around for that hour and do your three minute program, you were playing a character for like two straight hours. And that was so much fun to be busy and be on the ice and acting. And, you know, it was, I loved being able to have new opportunities like that. Um, Cause you're so regimented as a, as an athlete training, you're always like doing the same thing at the same time. So to be able to try something new and be pushed um, artistically, which was not always easy for me because I was more of a jumper. Like people say, Oh, you're a beautiful skater. I was like, that's funny. Cause I think of myself as I was a jumper um, and the, the trying to be graceful took a lot of work and <laughs> I think I had to like have my heart broken first or maybe break someone else's heart at the same like to be able to feel and emote to the music. Like I just didn't, I just went fast and jumped a lot. So um, it was, yeah, it was a learning process, but I just feel like the nineties was so lucky because of so many different opportunities. And we started Halloween on ice then, which was so much fun because really talk about, being a character like I would try to skate numbers so that you couldn't tell it was me um like try not to do any like trademark kinds of things because I can remember doing like Jack the Pumpkin King and kids were like you think you're so good and you turn and they're like ah, crying and I was like okay well I guess it's effective <laughs> you know that's someone so funny it. but it was so fun to be able to be something else and that they can't tell who you are it was really fun yeah sounds like a dream honestly <laughs> I know I really think it's sad and, and unfortunate for the skaters coming now that they, there's not that opportunity but it's it's really difficult I think um, first of all champions became younger and younger and I think that's harder for an audience to relate to um, and I and I think that's really challenging plus some of the names have become more challenging and difficult to understand or say and and there's champions like and then another champion and then another champion like there there's not the longevity um of seeing the same skaters for so many years it's, mm -hmm. it's really different today and i think yeah 
that has maybe progressed the sport, but it's hurt the sport as well, you know. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and the next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Yeah. It, it's definitely a different ball game, especially when it comes to even technique, which you were such yes. a great technician um, with all of the very classic, the clean entrances, um, like proper edge takeoffs, everything. And, and now there's a lot of pre-rotation. There's a lot of incorrect edges. So how do you feel about uh, the state of current skating with all of these changes to technique? Well, it's, um, it's actually amazing how different the technique is. Even for, like, say, an axle, we used to bring our leg through and, like, mm-hmm. lift it up into the air. And now it's, like, tucking underneath behind you. And it's sort yeah. of amazing. But I think some of that is due to the skates and the blades being so much lighter that you don't need to get that same same technique to to make it happen you have the rotation everything can be quicker um but it's also easier to be quicker when you're you know 15 um yeah definitely <laughs> you know i mean i was only allowed to practice triple axles for one week a summer for about three years those years out, out in veil and i did one every time so i'm like okay if i only practice this week and i can do it why can't i do it more and they're like you don't need it so that to me is like, wait a minute, I probably should have kept trying it, right? Because, but it takes so much energy and it's so damaging, like physically, mm-hmm. um, that my coaches were like, yeah, it's not worth it because you're so tired after it to do all the other things. So, and then True. like even a quad, I did a quad at 15, but you know, at 18, I couldn't do it probably because, yeah. well, first of all, I wasn't allowed to try them anymore, but um because they're like, it's, it wasn't worth the risk. Sometimes I even did the triple, triple and I wasn't getting 
credit basically for it. So they're like, why are you going to kill yourself doing this? And nobody's paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a different time. Um, but I'm glad they're all doing it all now since without, with the lighter stuff, I'm sure it makes it a lot easier. I don't know. I think it's funny when they say, you know, it's a flip, but the edge is wrong or a lot, but the edge is wrong. I'm like, that just means it's a flip, but you're only supposed yeah. to do two of, only two of each. Right. So if you've now done the wrong edge, you've now done four flips, right. Or something, you know, two flips, two lutzes, you know, it's, it's, it's a downgrade. I'm like, well, no, it's an, actually a different jump. Yes. That's the only <laughs> difference is the edge. So Hmm. Yeah. It shouldn't so be a downgrade. Right. It shouldn't count. But yeah. um <laughs> I agree. Love it. <laughs> I don't know. That's it's funny. just but it's hard because I'm thankful I am not a judge. Um it's I think another thing that's really been tough is I can remember watching Yaguden's footwork and he was so fast and so energetic and it was so much fun. Like people were standing up because it was amazing but it would be like a level one (laughs) like it would not be worth anything today but it was so fun and so exciting and it made skating exciting but now footwork takes so long it's like 30 seconds to do your footwork because it's so complicated which is amazing and i did actually see some some footwork out there today that was really beautiful um who did i think uh wakaba yes oh my god her footwork footwork was beautiful it was to the music it was nice it didn't feel like so difficult but it was smooth you know and sometimes it just looks like they're in slow motion because i need to get this and you need to get all the points and i it just sometimes gets in the way of of going to the music and and stuff but but actually, at this level, not that many. I've, many of them do it very well now because um, they've been used to it because um, yeah. it's been around for some time. So it's it's definitely getting better than it was, you know, a few years back. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's all changing, and it's exciting to see change. I guess you know it's, it can be it can be good, um, but I really, I really. I don't know. I wish that the skaters now could have those same experiences and the shows and the fun and the excitement of the mm-hmm. crowds, but the skating doesn't seem to be selling. I mean, you know, it's a different time too. We have like 800 television stations. We have <laughs> yeah. how many different networks that you can be a part of, whether it's Disney plus or Netflix, or there's so much entertainment out there. So many shows, like you have to pick and choose. And so if you can see it on TV, why are you going live? You know, although I will say to anyone listening, any sporting event live is always so much better. It's exciting. And when you go see skating, you realize how fast we go, um, that you feel it. If you're sitting close enough, you can feel the wind and you almost get a chill and it's so much more dynamic than you get watching it on television. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that's lost because the cameras go with you. So if you're sitting there, you feel that. And that's still, if I get on the ice now, it's still my favorite thing is like just going fast and like creating your own wind and feeling like a little bit like a superhero and, you know. <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, 
who can create their own wind? You know, it's really fun. So it's, yeah. um, which we could not do on that 30 by 30 ice. No, <laughs> <laughs> not, not much, but, but it still is. It's fun to get out there still. I can't believe I still perform every now and then. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see, uh, Obviously, you still be so celebrated as you should be in skating, but to be part of um, entertainment for skating, which entertainment I know we talked about at the show is just so important because it gives people uh, just something to appreciate and look forward to. And everyone always feels good when you watch art. Yeah. So it's it's such an yeah. important component to life in general. I I feel like when we were just skating, I was so grateful that the audience was still coming. We were doing the shows with masks on and to be able to still support the arts and still support our sport and to be coming out there during such a strange time through COVID to still feel like they're supporting us. It was really, it was really a nice Testament to, to skating and our sport. And um, I don't know, I was really honored that, that, that people still came out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're now a mom of three kids. Yes. Um, and uh, two of them are in one's in gymnastics, one's in ballet. So obviously they require similar types of discipline to skating that you experienced um, in their respective fields. Do mm -hmm. you help them at all with their like physical strength or anything? Or do, have you just been kind of like hands off the wheel? This is your thing. I mean, most of the time you leave it to the coaches and what they do and what they know what's best. But I mean, I try not always to give my two cents, but it's really hard. It's really <laughs> hard to not try to help um, when I feel like I've been through training. I've been through comp competition. Yes, Nicole does not compete, but it's still competitive. Ballet is... Um, she just had to try out. It's not like camps. You go to camp, you send your kid and you pay your money and they go, they have to audition and be accepted or not. She was to this one, but not to that one. And Oh, it's so challenging and heartbreaking when you don't get the acceptance, but cause isn't it always better to turn them down? Yeah, <laughs> um, seriously. Right. But it's so rewarding when, as I said to her, there's a place for you somewhere, you know, it might not be that ballet school, but that's, it's a very specific type. And I was like, you don't really look like that or dance like that. And her friend got in, but she, I was like, but you're some, you're different. You guys couldn't dance dif more differently. And then she's accepted to these other ones. And it's so nice because I said, just cause one director, one choreographer may pick someone over you, some other choreographer would want you like, you know, it's, a, yeah, I feel like some kids can get so discouraged by someone else's opinion, but I'm like, mm, but, but if you listen to 10 people, those, there's going to be someone that likes you better for whatever reason. Um, so I try hard not to say too much, but her hands always drove me crazy. So I'm like, uh, could you, could you fix your hands? They were like little claws when she was young. Um, so <laughs> I didn't have, I couldn't help but keep saying, I'm like, it's lovely, except your hands. Um, <laughs> but it is, and she's grown so much and is a beautiful, beautiful dancer. I think she's more graceful than I've ever been um, at 13, but I thought that at eight. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's really, 
lovely to watch. But and then Brian being a junior in high school and now like the competitions are serious because he's being sought after by different colleges and West Point and uh, the Naval Academy. And oh, it's it's scary and hard. And you watch him and then fall on like his he doesn't have a specialty yet, but he's very good on pommel horse. And you see him fall. I'm like, I haven't seen you fall in that in ages. Why all of a sudden is this happening? And you wonder, is it nerves? Are you like just ramped up, anxious, excited? And sometimes it gets, all of a sudden you start swinging really fast. And like, you don't usually swing that fast. And so it's try, like, I try to say, you know, do you have a rhythm? Is there a song in your head? Like, cause you don't, don't do it to music, but maybe that would help that way you always have this consistency of something or, you know, so there's always something I used to say, are you sure you want to drink that soda? Cause if you, when he was younger, he thought I just thought he was saying he was overweight. And I was like, mm, you know, you sort of go out a little before you go up. But I was like, no, if you're trying to climb the rope five times without your feet and just your arms up to the top, down and up, down, you need to fuel yourself. Like I wouldn't put the same fuel in a race car that I would put in my car. Like you need to fuel differently if you want to perform at a high level. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Oh, so like, there's always these other things that I try and help with, but now he's super into, you know, reading up on different foods and things to try and, and, um, you know, make his performances better and all that. So it's amazing. They've made our job, easier by being so dedicated um <laughs> you know when you're, someone's that dedicated you don't have to really push them they're pushing themselves so i mean it's kind of a to an obnoxious point when you're watching a movie and nicole's on the floor stretching I'm like really can you just enjoy the movie because now i feel like i should be stretching or doing something <laughs> but um it's fun to watch but matthew was the same i mean now he's a costume designer mm -hmm. but he was in theater and he worked on his craft so much and he got so good. And then he switched from performance into being backstage. But I think he just likes telling people what to do, but he was, <laughs> but he was just as dedicated. A born leader. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's helped us for sure to, um, I don't know. We had friends say, how do you get them to eat their vegetables when they were little? And I was like, I just won't take them to the gym. And they're like, oh, but then they're like, well, we can't do that. They want to go. I'm like, exactly. They want to go. So, or their kid would just be like, oh, forget it. But it meant a lot to ours to get that training in. So it's, um, it was easier. And, you know, everyone worries about social media and all the, um, like what they're watching and being on the computer and all that they're like obsessive. I can't tell you how many times Brian has watched the 84 Olympics or I'll hear Aww. something. I'm like, are you watching this again? And he'll just, he's like, they're in Nicole dancing too. Like they're literally truly like students of their craft and they study. They know, she knows all these dancers in other ballet companies all over the world. It's amazing to me. I was not like that with skating, but we didn't have that same cap capability to see others from around either so it's i wonder if i would have been i don't know um but it's really interesting to watch the the dedication so fun <laughs> well they're your children <laughs> yeah i don't That's know awesome. i mean i'm pretty i'm pretty determined but jerry certainly is too so yeah i guess they got it from both of us <laughs> that's awesome yeah 
Well, I, I mean, thank you so much for talking to us on this podcast today, uh, talking to me, but to all of the uh, listeners who will be listening to this conversation, it's really good just being in the younger generation, hearing about you and your career and um, essentially all the insight and advice you have for handling the pressure because the pressure goes for every single generation, for every era, you know, that's something every, that never changes. And I think pressure goes also for not just Olympians. It, you know, I can't remember mm -hmm. someone getting frustrated doing their double S and I was like, oh, I know what you mean. And they're like, oh, please, you're doing a triple S. You don't know. I was like, no, frustration is frustration. Pressure yeah. is pressure. It's the same emotion, same feeling. It's whether you're doing something harder or not, You, it's still the same emotion. And so I think I was you know, I'm not trying to belittle it. Stop doing that to yourself. Believe in yourself. We, we're, you know, whatever you're working on is what you're working on. And that is the challenge. So, so to just believe in yourself and try hard and don't forget like skating, we fall down so many times and you get back up. And if you keep coming back, you must love it because otherwise why would you do it? So, which is why I used to listen to um, comedy before I skated because keep things light. And then when it was time to focus, boom, I could focus. But I think if I listened to music, being a skater, it made everything too emotional. And so, you know, I, you'd get almost like, it almost would make me more nervous. So I'd watch comedy before while I'm putting on my makeup and then listen to these funny, um, funny guys from New York City. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Nancy. Uh, I really enjoyed thank talking you. to you. I enjoyed talking to you too, Paulina. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry again. <laughs>